0: Then the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Skip to verse 23. Then Abraham drew near and said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will then you sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put righteous to death with the wicked, so the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Skip to verse 32. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. Go to chapter 19, verse 15. As morning dawned, the angel urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him as his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. Skip to verse 24. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the lo- sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. And then skip to verse 29. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived.
1: Thanks for reading heaven. Guys, one of, the, one of the best ways to read your Bible, um, if you're trying to figure out how do I study my Bible when I, when I read these passages, then what? And one of the simplest questions you can ask to really make good use of your time reading scriptures is just to look at the passage and ask the question, what do I learn about God from this story or from this text? And that's some of the questions we're going to ask as we walk through this story today. So one of the things I like to do when I'm uh, preaching on last Sundays when the littles learn here is to help them engage. I'll say, kids, are you listening? And they'll all say, okay, let's try it. Kids, are you listening? All right, sounds good. I like that sound, it's really cool. So, let me tell you a little bit about this story, but before we do that, I wanna go ahead and give you the observation, the thing we learned from this story. One of the things we learned from this story is this, that God wants to be our friend. The God of the heavens, the God that made everything, right, The, the Bible says that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. The God who created the moon and the stars and everything, he wants to be our friend. We see that in this passage in the way he relates to Abraham. So let me just kind of summarize this story for you in these two chapters. So here's what's happening. There's a man named Abraham. We've been talking about him the last few weeks. Abraham is inside his tent and three men come by. Now here's what's interesting about these three men. They looked like men, but they weren't just men. As we read this story, what we find out is that it was actually God and two angels, That these looked like three guys just passing through, traveling, but somehow Abraham knew, even though they looked like men, that they weren't just ordinary men. Abraham knew that it was God and two angels that were walking by his tent. And so Abraham does a really cool thing. He decides, I'm going to be really kind to these guys. I'm going to show them hospitality, right? I'm going to invite them in. I'm going to do some really nice things for them. So Abraham is very, very kind to them. Guys, look down in chapter 18, verse 4. Here's what it says. 18:4. Abraham says this: Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Now, kids, are you guys still listening? All right, how many of you guys raise your hand if your dad has a specific spot he sits in? Like, does your dad have like a chair that's his chair and no one else really sits there, right? Because that's daddy's spot, it's his favorite chair. It's where he sits pretty much anytime he's home, right? Some of you guys, your dad has a chair like that. So this is basically what Abraham does is these three guys are coming through and Abraham has this special spot because he lives in a tent. He doesn't have a chair, but there's a tree he sits under that's like the best spot. It's in the shade. It's comfortable. And he says to these three guys, sit down in the best spot. And then he brings out some water because they've been walking for a really long time. They're sweaty, they're dirty, their feet are all nasty. He brings them some water so they can wash their feet. It says that he goes over and he kills one of his cows so that he can serve them like a really nice steak dinner. It says that he has his wife, Sarah, go into the back and make cakes so that they can have cake for dessert, right? He brings them fresh milk. So he just lays out this really big feast. And what you see is that Abraham is really, really kind to these three guys. So we see that in Abraham, that he's hospitable, he's kind, he welcomes them in. And here's the crazy part, when Abraham's doing all that, he's actually having a meal with God. Now, how many of you guys' kids have had friends over to have a meal with you? Raise your hand. You've had some friends over? Yeah, it's a special thing, right? When you sit down with someone over a table, you share a meal, you hang out, there's something really special and really friendly about that. And that's what's amazing to me about this story is we see God doing that with Abraham because God wanted to be Abraham's friend. Now we talk a lot in church about how God is Lord, right? How he's our father, how he's our creator. But sometimes we overlook that and we forget that God also wants to be our friend. He wants to be someone who we know, who we talk to, who we hang out with. So let me ask you guys this, kids. What makes someone a good friend? What does a good friend do for you? Just, just raise your hand or, or just shout it out. What makes someone a good friend? What does a good friend do? Yeah. They help other people. They help other people? Yeah. What else? What does a good friend do? Anybody? Yeah. What did she say, Catherine? They invite you to play. Yeah, they include you in what they're doing, right? That good friends spend time with you. They talk to you. They take an interest in the things you like, right? A good friend doesn't always want to do the the thing he likes. He wants to do the things that you like, that you're into, right? And a good friend listens, right? And so here's what I want you to learn from this story, that God wants to be our friend, that God is like the best friend you could ever have, right? Right? because God takes an interest in you. The Bible says that God knows the number of hairs on your head. He takes a deep interest in you. He loves you and he wants to know you on a deep level and that God wants you to talk to him, that God listens to you, right? And that God wants you to spend time with him. So that's one of the things we learn from the story is that God wants to be your friend. Now, if we move on in the story, here's what happens. So these three men walk by. And remember, it's God and two angels. Abraham is really, really kind to them. And then here's what happens. Those two angels, they move on from Abraham's tent to a city called Sodom. Kids, are you still listening? Good. Okay, so the kids go, or sorry, not the kids. Y'all are here. The angels go from Abraham's tent, and they come up to this city called Sodom. And here's what you need to know about Sodom is it is a really, really, really bad and wicked city that all the people that live there are really mean to each other. They're bad. They, they live in a way that doesn't honor and please the Lord. So these angels come up to the city. But here's another thing about Sodom is that in all, among all these bad and wicked people, there's one family living there. That's Abraham's nephew. Anyone know what his name is? The guy that lived there, Abraham's nephew? Yeah, Robert. Yes. Lot, very good. Thank you, Robert. So Lot, Lot is Abraham's nephew and Lot lived in Sodom among these wicked people. Now Lot and his wife and his two daughters, there were four, they were a family of four. They were not really wicked. They were not mean to each other like these other people were. In fact, here's what happens. These two angels walk into the city called Sodom and Lot sees them out in the middle of the city and he goes, oh no, this is gonna be bad. The people here are gonna be really mean to those guys. So he's like, hey, y'all come here and the two angels come into his house and he thinks he's protecting them. Well, everyone in the town finds out those two guys are there and they wanna do really mean things to those guys. So they come up to Lot's door, they're banging on the door. They're saying, send those guys out here so we can be mean to them. And Lot's telling them no. And it looks like it's a really, really difficult situation. And then what eventually happens is Lot is trying to tell them no, don't do this awful thing. And they're about to grab Lot and pull him outside and be mean to him. But then Lot didn't realize those two guys were angels. So here's what those angels do. Cause right, it's like Lot was trying to rescue the angels, but Lot was really the one who needed to be rescued because those angels struck everyone outside with blindness. They grabbed Lot who was standing outside the door, pulled them back in and shut the door and made everyone else blind so they couldn't see. So those angels saved Lot and his family from those really wicked and mean people. And another thing we learn about God in this story is that God is just. And that part of being just means punishing those who do mean things to others. Think about it this way, guys. What if there were someone at your school or adult, someone at your workplace, who was a bully, who was really mean to other people? And imagine that, imagine that this guy was like, every, every day on the playground, this guy and his, his buddies, they would go and they would just beat people up and be really mean to him. Now imagine this. What if the teacher and the principal we were watching all that and didn't do anything about it. Would they, be good, would they be good teachers? No, not really, right? Or would that be a good principle if someone was being mean and beating up others on the playground and he didn't do anything about it? No, that wouldn't be good, right? And so one of the things we learn about God in this story is that he is just, is that when people who are really mean to other people, that God doesn't sit by and watch that and do nothing about it, that God punishes those who are wicked and evil. And so, but God basically tells Abraham, look, I'm going to go and I'm going to destroy this city because of all the evil. And before that, before that happens, Abraham starts talking to God about this and he goes, God, will you, will you relent from destroying the city of Sodom if there are 50 people there who are righteous, who fear you, who love you, who aren't mean to others? And God says, you know what, Abraham? Yes, I will. If I can find 50 people who aren't mean and aren't doing bad things, then I will, I will relent, I will not destroy that city. And then Abraham just goes into this conversation with God and he says, okay, God, well, what about if there's 30? Because Abraham knows how wicked the city is and he doesn't want his, his uh, nephew Lot to get destroyed with all the wicked people. So he's trying to get God to not wipe out the city. So he's going back and forth. He says, God, what if there's 30? And God says, okay, if there's 30, I won't destroy it. And he says, God, what if there's, what if there's 15? And God says, okay, if there's 15 good people, I want to destroy it. And he gets all the way down to where Abraham says, God, what if there's five? What if there's five people in that city who love you and aren't mean to others? Will you relent? Will you stop from your plan to destroy that city? And, said, and God says, yes, if I can find five people. But here's what happens, right? You heard the story that when they get there, how many people are there that aren't being mean? There's only four. There's Lot, his wife, and their two daughters, and everyone else is trying to be mean and hurt those two angels that came to visit that city. So here's what happens. The angels take Lot and his wife and their two daughters. They escape from the city before God destroys it. But that's something we learn is that God is not okay with sin. God judges those who are mean to others who, are, who do really bad things. Skip over to verse 29 in chapter 19. I want you to see this. Chapter 19, verse 29. It says this, so it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst to overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. So we see that God saves Lot and his family from the destruction. And here's another thing we learned about this story is that we need to have friends that love God. Kids, are you still listening? Okay, adults, this is for you as well, right? That we need to surround ourselves with friends who love God because even though Lot wasn't evil, it was a really close call that Lot was almost destroyed because all of his friends, all of the people he surrounded himself were evil. And here's what can happen sometimes, kids, is that if you're around people who make bad decisions and do bad things, even if you're not the one doing the bad things, the consequences of those bad things will often fall on you because those are the people you've chosen to be around, right? This was a a close call for Lot. Lot could have ended up a lot like Jake Spoon. And if you don't know who that is, ask your parents about that. He could have been like that and it could have been really bad for him, right? But he escaped because God was gracious, all right? So here's the deal. You can be friends with people who don't love God. You can be friends with people who make bad decisions. You don't want to just distance yourself with them fully. But you need to have your core group of people, the people you hang out with most, the people that have the most influence over you need to be people that are making good decisions and love the Lord. Otherwise you can get yourself into trouble pretty quickly. And guys, there's one more thing I want us to learn from this story. And here's what it is, is that we can be friends with God by believing in Jesus I'm gonna put a verse on the screen. This is James chapter 2.23, and it says this. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And look at this, and he was called a friend of God. So the Bible says that Abraham was called a friend of God. But before that, in the beginning of chapter, James chapter 2.23, it tells us why. It says the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. Because here's the deal, guys, when we read that story, I think a lot of us, we think of ourselves as Lot or Abraham, right? That, that we're not the ones doing the mean things. We're not the ones doing the wicked things. But here's what the Bible says, is that all of us have sinned. All of us have done something mean, something bad, something that doesn't honor God. And because of that sin, we're actually alienated from God that we're separated from him, right? Right? But that God um, does not, is not okay with our sin, just like he was not okay with the sin and the people in Sodom. But that because God loves us and wants to be our friend, he sent his son, Jesus, to come to earth, that Jesus would pay the penalty for our sin so that by believing in him, we could become a friend of God. Because here's the deal, not everyone gets to be God's friend. Just like the people in, this, in Sodom, they weren't God's friends, Right? Abraham was and they weren't. And the difference the Bible says in Abraham and them is that Abraham believed in God. That Abraham believed that God was good. He wanted to follow God and he trusted in God. And the way you and I do that today is by believing and trusting in Jesus. Believing and trusting that Jesus came to earth as a man. He lived a perfect life unlike you and I who've made a bunch of mistakes and that he died in our place that he took God's punishment for our sin on himself so that by believing and trusting in him, you and I can become a friend of God, just like Abraham was. Isn't that crazy that we can be friends with God? So if you wanna talk to your parents about that, maybe over lunch or talk to someone else about that, maybe someone else in the church, we want you to do that, okay? But it's an important question to ask is, do you think God is your friend? Are you a friend of God and if not, why? Some good questions you guys can talk about today, okay? I'm going to pray for us, um, and then our ushers are going to come out, and going to pass out the Lord's Supper, okay? Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the time we get to have together to talk about who you are, what you've done. Thank you for the story of Abraham and Lot, and um, what we get to learn about you through that story. Gotta pray that you would use it to... Uh, to help us understand that you wanna be our friend you would help us to know how it is that we can become your friend. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.